Did I forgot the name of the podcast. Welcome back to <laughs> Nervous, Nervous Rex. Rex. Nervous Rex, Neon Genesis Evangelion podcast. That is 50% rewatch, 50% first time watch, and 100% hallelujah. I think that you're misrepresenting that scene to our audience. That's like, that episode's like 12% hallelujah. It plays a lot longer than I remember it playing. Yeah. My name is Joe. I use any and all pronouns. Uh, my name is Chris. I use he, him pronouns. We're back. Episode 22, which our uh, often criticized wiki says one of the titles is at least be human. We only saw the other title, which is don't be. So conflicting messages here. Are wiki. we supposed to at least be human or not be human? It's You know, I'm getting mixed signals. Frankly, I don't know what to do with my night now. I don't know. I mean, we're recording a podcast. But after that, phew, the opposite of being say? human. This is really an episode. I think uh, Evangelion in the in the back half really starts, for for understandable reasons, I think really starts digging into this like psychoanalysis of every character um, as those c- characters like become defined by the analysis and defined in general. But I think this is the first time it's really happened to not Shinji. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. At least to like this degree. I think yeah, I think this is like a. It feels like a shift, even though I'm like, we've seen Shinji go through this. And I guess for, like, kind of Rei, um, there was the, because the, the thing that you didn't like, I think the thing that you've been most critical of this show was the analysis of Rei. Yeah, the, the fucking boring slam poetry shit we had to sit through for her. I liked it! <laughs> Just kidding. Well, I'm not kidding, that's how I feel about it, but I'm kidding that I want to incite people that like it. <laughs> You're completely allowed to feel that way. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, this is this episode has a lot of that for Asuka. But this is good, is the difference. You liked this one. Yeah, I did. I was, uh, last time you were you were very uninterested by the preview. I was hoping you would like it more than, than that led on, and I'm glad that you did like it more than that. Yeah, the first episode, the first half of the episode, I was like, all right, this feels kind of like a step backwards. Like, I know that it's not, but like, based on like how like ramped up the show has been, to now come here kind of feels like, eh, I feel like we've seen this before. It doesn't feel like, it feels like we took a, a notch down, and then, like, the, the next half happens, I'm like, oh, okay, like, we're back. This does feel like the end of the show, like, getting there. Like, yeah, this is good. I have so many thoughts about this episode, and I almost wonder if, like, the back half of Evangelion becoming this, this psychoanalysis that I think is Anno processing things, I, I almost feel like, it's doing double duty because the first half of the show wasn't that. And this episode, I think, is instru- like it <laughs> instrumental in that. That uh, I-, I feel like it's setting up things about Asuka that could have been more solidified earlier. But the fact that they're coming up now is just like all the work is in this one episode. Like this is this is this is just Asuka time for 28 minutes. There's no opening in this episode. Oh, yeah, there is you're right. a cold. I noticed at minute 12 that I had not heard Cruel Angel's thesis. Yeah. Because it, it cold opens and just keeps going. Um, but it is my turn to recap. So I'm, or, well, we're deciding that it's my turn to recap. So I'm getting into it. Because I'm a sicky boy. Yeah, I'm pulling one. I'm, uh, I'm making sure that Chris doesn't become soup over there. So I'm, I'm I want gonna... y'all to know like how good of a co-host Joe is. Because we looked, we actually did the math on this one and figured out, or did the research. Like it was supposed to be my turn, but Joe's taking it. So I'm taking it. And this is an, an interesting episode anyway, but uh, so if we jump around, apologies ahead of time, but I will do my best to recap it and then we will do our our discussion and analysis. Y'all, this is episode 22, you know what this show's like. 
I will also say real quick that our listeners came the fuck through for me with tweeting at me. Uh, I didn't yeah, they know did. that. And so now I'm going to say uh, tweet at goes to Joe. Thank you, Joe. When you listen to this, oh, I'll feel so validated in two days. Two weeks. Oh shit! You're yeah. I said two weeks. I'm an idiot. (laughs) I wish we had that kind of buffer. Are you kidding? Right. Jeez. This episode starts with a cold open of Asuka talking to Kaji before she comes to Japan. This is clear from her dialogue talking about going to Japan soon. She's. She's, they're waiting on Misato. She's complaining about not liking Misato because she seems like uptight. And uh, I don't. Oh, yeah, she she starts. I was trying to remember how we got to talking about Kaji, but she's complaining that she's going to be, quote unquote, apart from Kaji. And Kaji, Kaji has like a stone face this whole time. Very calm. Seeing this after the episode where he dies is fascinating. But He's like, oh, there's boys in Japan. You'll be fine. Uh, he's like, even the the third child's a boy. She's like, no, I don't want boys. Kaji, you're the only one for me. She like rolls onto him. He should push her off, but he doesn't advance. He's just like laying there, like unresponsive whatsoever. She's like, come on, I want, you know, I, I want to have a relationship with you. She's like kissing and more. And Kaji's like, you are, you are a child. There will be time for those things when you are not a child. She goes on to say, like, no, I am adult. Pay attention to me. She, like, starts to pull her shirt down, which is considerably restrained in the shot. Like, I, I, it is, like, attention on her pulling her shirt down and, like, buttons pop off. But it is, I, I, if when you see it, it is so much more restrained than I would expect from the show to do in that moment. Yeah, it's mostly collarbone. Yeah, yeah. There's, like barely even cleavage considering this show has had like in like like was it the last episode no or two episodes it was the soup episode where like it was like full-on silhouette yeah so this was nothing compared to that uh and that scene ends we see some flashbacks um i think it starts with people talking about we realize it's talking about her mom who they talk about was doing experiments but also herself was a guinea pig they talk about her killing herself but before that we see young Asuka, uh, this is at least my interpretation of it, like young Asuka, like looking in at her in a hospital bed, but her mom is talking to like a, like a Raggedy Ann doll that she thinks, or that she treats as her daughter. So she's calling the doll Asuka. She doesn't recognize her actual daughter Asuka. There's such trauma abound in this one. Um, we're just getting deep, deep into the, into the weeds of what Asuka has gone through. Um, and they also go on to see her mother. I just want to point out that uh, one of her mother's names is Zeppelin, which yep, is... Yeah, I caught that too. I don't know if that's just like, what kind of sounds German or what? But she, her, her, it says her name is Kyoko Zeppelin Soru. Asuka's Bizarre Adventure. But yeah, so we see her grave. Asuka is, is dealing with that. And then we cut to... Oh, oh, yeah. They also point that she refuses to cry. I mean, we we can see the deep-seated trauma that makes her not want to <laughs> process emotions or rely on anyone for anything. Uh, but then we cut forward to the present where we see her sink rate spiraling since the the last attack. They're, like, trying to rebuild Unit 0 and Unit 02. But Asuka's uh, performance keeps getting worse and worse as she's struggling more and more with... I don't I'm trying to think the best way to phrase it. it's like keeping it together. Like she's struggling to like be okay. 
Uh, I'm reading this part from the wiki. I don't remember. Oh, Masato, there's a part where Masato's talking to just like a random dude. They're like on benches. Is that what you're talking about? Oh, yes. I did forget about that. Uh, Masato, yeah, outside of the headquarters. It looks like where Kaji's melons are. <laughs> because Nerve is in the background and it's like being rebuilt, but, uh, which I love that shot. Um, but yeah, Masato's talking to random Nerve character whose name I don't remember about. Benchman. Yeah, about, well, we've seen him, we've seen him working there, but he's they're talking about how they're gonna build more evas they're up to like 13 and and other locations like the budget of evas were doubled after the attack and they're just they're just pushing forward to get more of those bad boys ready which masato is uh extremely shocked and confused by oh hugo that's this dude's name uh yeah so they're talking about units 5 through 13 because like you know Two of them were destroyed and, and damaged. And there's like, we just need, we need 13 of these bad boys. So they're doing that. Uh, Hugo's like, I think there's going to be a ton more angels. Masato's like, I bet there's another reason why they're doing it. Uh, Asuka is trying to call Kaji at a train station. She still does not know the man is dead, uh, which is a little sad. A yeah, lot sad, maybe. Tell her. I don't know. We can we can deal with that in a it, late later on. But yeah, she's trying to call Kaji. Not going through. She's like, oh, what's what's he doing? Where's he at? And uh, she notices late, like on another side of the train station, that Shinji's there talking to Ray. He seems to be doing okay, smiling. Uh, Asuka's upset about that. Just in general, that Shinji exists and has positive feelings. Um, or is giving attention to Ray. It's it's a whole. It it just keeps going down and down of the things that uh, bothers Asuka. But uh, we then see. I think is this next is I think next is the scene the dinner scene with 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 the happy household. Yes. Yeah. Of Masato and well it starts with Pin Pin actually being very confused of the scene. Love our boy Pin Pin. But Masato is. She's drinking this entire scene. She has her beer in front of her face this entire scene, which I think is hilarious. But uh, yeah. Asuka's eating. But also kind of sad, though. It's kind of oh, yes. like a yeah. sad tone to it. Yes, it's it's funny in a vacuum, very sad in context. Yeah. Because she's like holding a conversation, but not moving it whatsoever. Uh, and, and especially as the scene goes on, I think it becomes more clear how, how sad it is. Yeah, so they're eating silently. Asuka's or not Asuka Masato is like this is the first time we've all been together for a while why is why does this feel so unsocial and uh, Asuka's just like I'm done eating I'm leaving and the phone starts to ring Asuka says like who's gonna get that it could be Kaji you should get it uh Masato just says could not it couldn't be Kaji um kind of coldly Shinji ends up getting it Asuka makes some remark about how Shinji had to be burdened by getting the phone and she's upset that he's formal and nice on the phone he seems the most together i think we've seen him in a while uh-huh. that might just be because the episode is focused on asuka and that's how he appears to her all the time and he i think he's i mean he has been putting on a a facade of being okay his entire life uh but anyway, on the phone uh is is quote asuka's mom so she takes it says a bunch of nice things in german uh, and then hangs up and explains that it's not really her mom. It's just like, like I, I mean, stepmother, I guess. But uh, I don't remember what she says exactly. It's like assigned to her. Like she, she describes how she became her quote unquote mother in in the arrangement. But I don't remember it. But it's it's not her real mom. She like starts to talk about it a little bit to Shinji and then stops herself for 
for opening up whatsoever. And then we cut to her in the bath where she just screams about all the things she hates. Out loud, we see Masato listening to it. There was a point where I was like, why is this out loud? This doesn't seem like a thing that she would yell out loud so much as think about. But yeah, we we continue with Asuka's sink rate being worse and worse. Uh, there's a line where Misato says she's having a rough day. She started her period, which I thought at first she was just making an excuse for Asuka. Uh, but there's a later line where it seems like that's actually true. Because Asuka's like, why do I have to deal with because I'm a girl? I don't even want kids. I don't. I don't know if that's, I don't know how I feel about that being connected with all of her trauma shit. I feel like it would be happening anyway. So I don't know if like, I, I, for, for me, it doesn't, I don't feel like it lessens the episode, but I feel like to a lot of people it could. Yeah. Cause it seems like a weird thing to, to connect. Yeah. Not my, not my place to weigh in on that one. I have I, no idea how people would feel about that. Yeah, absolutely. I'm like. I'm like, I I think, because another thing, too, is I like get being written by men, but I, I'm like, well, I, I feel like her expressing that she, like, doesn't want to have kids and hates that. Like, I feel like that single instance is, like, kind of valuable to her characterization, but all of it being conflated with the sync rate stuff, I think, could easily be weird. Well, but they do say, that, like, the sync rate is not affected by... Yeah. anything bodily so like it Which isn't like. affecting that yeah i don't know like it didn't take me out of it i could completely understand taking other people out of it and being like ah, i don't like that detail but i guess i guess get in our minchies and let us know how you feel yeah uh but yeah so her day continues she gets in a very long elevator ride with ray uh it's quiet for a long time another one of those things that's kind of comically sad for how long it goes on silently um, but eventually Ray says that, like, you have to open up to the Eva if you want to work with her because it has a mind of its own. And Asuka's like, that's stupid. Fuck you. I hate you. And then calls her a doll for just doing what other people tell her to do. There's a lot of usage of the word doll in this episode. Um, she smacks her after that conversation. I think it's important uh, to say Asuka, Asuka smacks Ray. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I guess they both use she, her pronouns. Uh, she. That conversation escalates by saying, like, yes, you are just a doll. If if uh, Gendo told you to kill yourself, you would. And Ray says, yeah, I would. And then she smacks her for, for that. Um, Asuka smacks Which makes Ray sense when you consider what we learned about Asuka's mom in this episode. I didn't put that together just now, like, what that would mean for Asuka. Yeah, I guess I didn't consider that either. But I guess that's an excellent point. Damn. Shit. Yep. Because when, when it was first happening, I was like, why does that result in hitting someone in the face? I'm not, I'm not really sure. And then I'm like, oh, that makes sense. I, I think even, too, just, like, being upset that, like, she doesn't value herself or would live exclusively for someone else, I think goes completely against Asuka's, like, whole deal. Uh, even yeah. if, Even if Asuka's deal is rooted in drama, it's, like, still, I think, like, why aren't you your own person? I hate you for just doing what other people tell you to do. But I think, yeah, I think the added layer of her mom killing herself sucks. Yeah, I feel like I feel like the first version is, like, fine, but also kind of feels, like, anime tropey, where it's just, like, I, like it doesn't feel it's like I think, like, real people would do. It's very easy to be that thin, yeah. But, like, but this, this, this other consideration I've added now feels like, oh, I could see a, I could see a real person reacting that way now. Like, yeah. 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 Um, so she 
later see we later see Asuka talking to Unit O two after being rebuilt, and then she stops herself by saying that it's stupid that she did that. Uh, but then the alarm starts going off because an angel's showing up. Oh shit! It's a big, big light. How the fuck would you describe this thing? It's a. It's in the. It's in the atmosphere. It's way the fuck up in in like orbiting the planet. It's just picture picture the atmosphere and picture a who's that Pokemon outline of like a big Thunderbird, but it's white light instead of a black shadow, and that's this angel this week. Yeah, it's just a. It's just a silhouette. I love how it looks. Uh, I, but I I do not know how to describe it. It almost looks like a crack in space but it is like a, a thing um yeah. so that kind of looks like wings um but yeah so it's up there uh asuka goes out and they start to try to shoot it but it or actually she's getting ready to shoot it but can't lock on but then the heavens open up and light shines down and fucking hallelujah starts playing not the song with lyrics not there's no secret chords but like i don't know the actual name of the song in question that I'm referring to. I don't either. It's the fucking, like, classical music jam. You know the one. Probably. Probably, uh, but it, it just continues to play for a while in this scene while everything goes to shit because the like beam of light that's coming down on Asuka is the angel attacking her. Like it's like reading her mind, like invading her mind. It's abstract. I think it works, uh, but basically they don't know what to do. Nerve doesn't know what to do. Her uh, Asuka's mental charts that they're monitoring are going completely haywire. And the episode kind of shifts into being an analysis of of her her brain again, uh, and it's 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 it, it's really represented as like her her present consciousness being dragged through painful memories by the angel, which I think is effective. So we see just like a loop of like things she's experienced that she does not want to remember. She we see her present consciousness saying that she does not want to remember these things she's trying to forget and then we see a loop of like her introducing herself and her like pulling her shirt down from that first scene um and her saying that that's not who she is i don't know the benefit of playing that five times but it because it does loop five times i don't know i like i they made a conscious choice to do it i do not know why because i I was like all right three times no it's going again I don't know I mean, what I'm gaining from this a fourth or fifth time. The best thing I can say for it is just that, like, we are all kind of, like, trained to think, like, oh, like, three. So for it to go, like, two extra is, like, making us really sit and think about it. Because, like, three, like, we get it. Like, I feel like to make it go five is to really, really emphasize us, emphasize it and make us sit and then, yeah. like, just trying to make I mean, us I actually pay worked. attention. Yeah, I think so, too. I, 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 I similarly to the, the very long, quiet, uh elevator ride yes. i'm like i'm like they really want you to feel that scene which i think is uh-huh. interesting that they do these long scenes that aren't act, like these long quiet scenes or like single frame scenes 
so much so that they removed the opening from this episode to have more time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love it. Uh, I, I love that. And yeah, so her trauma is bad. Uh, she's, she's being dragged through these harmful memories. Uh, a lot of her shouting at her, like, memories of her child self shouting at her mom. I, my words aren't going to do it justice if you're, if you're not watching along or if you haven't seen it before. Uh, we see her, like, at a train station, it looks like, and then she starts getting mobbed by these, like, invisible figures. Um, and she starts shouting out for Kaji, and I don't remember what happens after that, or if we just go back to Nerve out, like, in reality. But, uh, yeah, there's a lot of, like, quick flashing images and, like, text on the screen of, of, uh, of her when she's, like, having this shout with her her mom and her memories um oh yeah there's one scene where we see a lot of representation of that raggedy ann doll and like it being hung and then like that starts being a symbol of her mom and her memories where her mom's like you're not really my daughter and shit like that um it's just really heavy um and fast and and it's just all being thrown at you at once i don't know if there's anything you want to add to that segment before we go back to to nerve Um, stuff no i think we can talk about any specifics from it when we get into the okay the meat and potatoes yeah well back at nerve she's yeah it's bad oscar's situation is is real bad and she's screaming uh masada wants her to retreat but she refuses to lose she refuses she'd rather die fighting than retreat but yeah there's more of those memories that are i think i just jumped ahead because i think the there's a second section there that i jumped to but yeah, so the Eva entirely shuts down, uh, and then Ray Ray is her backup in this fight. She has a, a big sniper rifle, but it um it 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 she can hit the angel, but it doesn't go through the AT field. So Gendo's like, all right, Ray, go down to Terminal Dogma, get this the Lancelonginus, and murk that fool. And it's everyone's like, oh shit, I don't know if that's a good idea. Gendo, hold on. Fuyutsuki's not sure. Misato's particularly not sure because she's worried about an angel. Oh, what, what, is it an angel? No, I think she's like, if if Adam interacts with something, it would cause the third impact. She said, she said Adam and Ava. Okay, so yeah, it might it might mean Unit Zero then. Yeah, but uh, he seems nonplussed by this, so Misato's like. Wait, was that not what caused the second impact? Shit, is everything a lie? She's like full conspiracy theory after Kaji's death and like the information from him, which I think is is an interesting part of this episode. Uh, but yeah, we see Ray go down the Terminal Dogma and in Unit Zero, uh, she walks up to the big, the big thing that is being referred to as Adam up on the cross with the with the spear, lance, stabbed into its chest. She takes it. She goes up and she hurls it at the angel and the sequence of it flying through the sky and piercing through the AT field and destroying the angel. It's one of my favorite animated sequences in this show. It's cool as fuck. I loved it so much. Like I, I sent rad. some Snapchats to, to, to Jay and Jory uh, while I was watching it and it was like a sad face of me, like me during Asuka's trauma and then like, uh, a very excited me during the Lance sequence. It's like huh. you get the whole the whole spectrum in this in this episode. But after that, they're like, "So hey, where'd that Lance go?" And they're like, "Oh yeah, it's it's in deep orbit. It we're never getting that that thing back." 
It's way it, too big. I love that specifically they mentioned lunar orbit, so it's like that shit's going oh, yes. to the moon. That shit's on the moon. And yeah, so <laughs> we, we see it like spinning through space, which also looks gorgeous. I fucking of all the things for me to be obsessed with about this show, it's the design of the goddamn Lance. The you love the big red fork. I love it so much. <laughs> it is it's, pretty cool. I, if I I, I, I've been wanting to get a tattoo of it forever, and I, I haven't. Maybe one day I will, but it's a great design, and I love it. And yeah, it kills the angel. Now it's floating in lunar orbit. That's the end of the, the fight sequence. We see the next, I don't know if it's the next day or late later that day, and now it's done raining because it's sunny. Now Unit 02 is being like moved, um, I think, down back to Nerve, and we see Asuka crying on a rooftop. I love the composition of that shot because there's lots of like caution tape between like the the point of view and her and Shinji goes up there. We don't see his face. We just see his reflection in a puddle uh, of his legs and she he's trying to console Asuka who is just screaming about how she lost and she failed and it's even worse because Rey is who saved her and uh, she's just she's at the bottom of, of her of her emotions now more than ever. And that is the end of the episode. Um, the preview for the next one is, 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 is similar to the last one where they're like, Hey, everything's going to get fucking worse. See you next time. <laughs> and here's exactly what's going to happen in case you wanted to know an explicit detail before you watched it with your eyes. I, yeah. I am fascinated by the, the decision to make those previews th- that way. This just, this just gave me an interesting question. Does, does like Japanese culture in general care less about like reveals and surprise? Because like that's always the thing. Like like being like an anime fan, like sometimes you'll you'll like the the Japanese titles. Like for example, for example, for like Dragon Ball stuff. Like the episode title will just give a bunch of shit away. And like, yeah, ma- manga chapters are similar, which I think is where it comes from. In America, they feel so weird, but like that must be at least somewhat normal for like. Spoiler culture is a big deal here for some people, for a lot of people. But I, I, I mean, I, I certainly can't speak to that in, in Japan. But yeah, I mean, uh, it's just with, curious because like it happens often. I, I'm sure there, it's you know, it's you know, no cultures of mine. I'm sure there are lots of people that hate that yeah, there too. Yeah. But just like for it to be like a widespread enough practice that like that's a common thing to see things given away like that in titles or in like previews is just interesting because like i would say even though there's lots of people here that that don't give a shit about spoilers and and you know whatever like that's just not a thing you see like you don't see like and next time on the good place here's exactly what's going to happen like you know what i mean like yeah it's yeah yeah because even like even the way that our culture worships post-credit scenes in marvel movies um or sonic the hedgehog movies there's a lot of like well that's just like a tiny nonchalant detail that like kind of confirms what's coming next um or gives some visual but it's not like it's not like showing you a, a pivotal plot point it, it's it's usually pretty cheeky whereas i don't know i mean i've seen the trailer for vin diesel's bloodshot three times now and i'm like well that's Hell definitely yeah. the final fight of the movie uh-huh. <laughs> um, well, yeah well that's a different thing though is, is like because in trailers though they will show you stuff that ends up being kind of like relevant but you don't know that at the time that you're watching it in most cases like this, i've gotten I, pretty I good at being like oh that's probably important yeah but like but it's not like explicitly laid out for you I, I think the bloodshot trailer would be a lot better if they did not reveal the pivotal thing about that movie i wish it, the trailer was just vin diesel's gonna beat up some dudes he's a big he's a he's an angry 
RoboCop man, and they don't reveal the don't hook say, of I, the movie. I, I, I actually don't know it, so don't tell me. I won't tell I'll you. Pro- I'll probably actually see it. If you can avoid um, the trailer, I've seen it. I, I go to the theater a lot, but I've, I've seen the trailer like three or four times. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyways, uh, I'll see it. It looks like yeah. dumb fun. The the thing we're avoiding talking about here, just because I if, if people just listen to this, I don't want to do to you what they did to us. They literally just tell us that like a character's going to die. Yeah. Which yeah, and I think the I don't remember exactly how they worded on the last one. It's like it's the absolute end for Asuka. Shit's worse than ever. Um and that's I mean that's what we got. But it didn't ruin the experience at all. Yeah, and I'm sure this won't either, but it is like interesting. Yeah, it's definitely an interesting conversation to talk about like how like I I would I would love to learn more about how that fits into like Japanese media culture at large because yeah there is a lot of like you know an episode ends of, of Dragon Ball Z that cliffhanger that Goku dies and the preview for the next episode is like here's Goku in heaven everything's great like it's, yeah, it's yeah. there's there's not a lot of tension in that maybe that comes from it being an adaptation of a you know months old year old manga uh who i i don't know but uh that's not the case of evangelion um and we still see those preview sections on things that aren't adaptations so it's it's interesting um it's definitely a norm of the culture that i don't know if you could you could get rid of but and i and and i and i am acknowledging of course that like there's ways for like what they say to be like different than what you expect or like whatever but like which i think i think is kind of what like this, this show isn't being disingenuous, but I do think it's being very selective about how it words things and what it shows sure. visually. Which, yeah, the the way that Evangelion uses previews is is fascinating. Over the oh, I hit my microphone over the course of its of its runtime, especially with like the f- fan service shit. Yeah, it is interesting how many times we've had something noteworthy to talk about with the preview for next time, and like not even just like what is actually in it, just like how they did something yeah like how they re- revealed information like what kind of weird framing device they use like like you wouldn't think that the the preview for next episode would be as as often relevant to a show like this as it as this shows is yeah it, it it genuinely feels more like a part of the core episode than a preview a lot of the times or at least in the second half maybe not the first half of the show i'd have to actually sit down and look at them all to be sure but uh anyways the actual episode at hand <laughs> Yes, meat and potatoes time. Meat and potatoes. We were giving you pudding, and how can you have any pudding if you don't eat your meat, is all I'm saying. Uh, you know what? I'm hearing it more and more. <laughs> we, I mean, we did just jump to the pudding, and, and now we have to go back to the, the meat and potatoes with a, with a spoiled yeah. appetite. Um, I've learned nothing yeah. from my mom. <laughs> I was trying to think if there's no, there's no way to make, to, to properly segue from me talking about my mom to this episode. Yeah. <laughs> Could be a stretch. How, where do you want to start? How do we feel? I mean, I think this is a very good episode. Yeah, I think it's good too. I I, I like that. <sighs> There's like parts where like they're showing stuff, and I'm like, oh, like cool. This explains this explains stuff about Asuka and why she is the way she is. And then they'll say stuff where I'm kind of like, oh, like I don't. Like, they're just flat out like saying like traits about her now without really like delving into why and then like two minutes later I'm like oh i get it now okay cool like i'm on board like to get into specifics just alone when they, the very first thing they show you is that like you know like her mom had like these like huge like mental health issues that had to be like dealt with and and uh mm-hmm. 
was a big part of her like adolescence like already you're like okay well i get where someone could come out not being the most likable uh person in the world but like they just keep going deeper and deeper and Mm -hmm. at one point in the episode she's literally just like I'm not a child. I'm going to become an adult sooner than other people. And I was like, that's terrible. <laughs> You're literally just being like, you know the thing she's been like saying in subtext for like 20 episodes? That, now we're just going to say it. But then like they get into um, the fact that like she says a couple other things. I'm like, oh, I understand that now finally instead of just being a thing that is is there. Like, I get why that is there because um, she's basically trying to say like she's like kind of rejecting her um, her like new mother and is like mourning her like her biological mother and she's basically trying to deny that she needs them and like in order to not need a parental figure you know you have to like theoretically be an adult and so that's why she wants to be yeah. an adult so badly is to trick herself into thinking she does not need the maternal stuff that she's missing like um which is really cool and good yeah i, I feel like she really has just been wanting to jump ahead to the point where she can be her own person and leave behind everything that's rooted in her childhood which yeah we get this this we we get Asuka. We we we've been spending what the past uh fifteen or so episodes with with her and her whole deal, and it's just kind of spiraled more out of control because it's it's unsustainable. She has no support system, and she is a a a teenager with a lot of trauma that is not being processed, and it's being heightened by the by the fact that she pilots a giant robot that requires her yeah. to have a psychological link to a something that's inside of the giant robot as it would uh, yeah which certainly doesn't make things better that's that is maybe the opposite of therapy yeah i like that like there's so many aspects of her personal kind of like i guess problems is the easiest way to put them like like the kind of social deficiencies that she has and that, that cause friction between her and other people like there's a lot of them and this episode kind of like gives you at least like hints about where all of them might have come from yes yeah like, her, like, need for, like, attention from people and to feel like she's, like, special and the best and, like, um, and, and they I, even, like... And, I, and I, I think there's a lot of, like, what she associates adulthood with and why her yearning for attention is so heavily sexual to, like, to a, to a fault, to a very bad fault that I think this show struggles with depicting, especially in the first half, because it just feels like, why is this, like... Why are we seeing this teenager have this flirty relationship with this adult man? And then now it's like, oh, it's terribly depressing and rooted in like severe trauma, which like it's it's that Evangelion issue that I have where I'm like, I where they're they're trying to be critical of a thing. But also sometimes they're just showing the thing that is normalized in anime and have to be like, well, is it is it doing what it's trying to do? Well, yada, yada, yada. And this is an episode where it's just like pulling all of the all of the subtext out and just saying like, here's the trauma. Here's why she is this way. Yeah. Which like makes sense to me and does make me feel like overall the depiction of the character is a good one. But like you said, like you, the other episodes still exist and like, yes, you could watch those without even getting to this point. And like, you know, who knows what, impressionable youths got out of it the first time around like you know if they weren't like because there's no way that like if you're watching this show um as like a 10 year old that you're understanding the stuff this deep into it at least we are in the episodes like as Mm -hmm. we are now as like 20 somethings you know what i mean like i don't know yeah it's it's a weirdly personal text that exists 
in a in in the demographic of teenage robot anime. Uh, the context of it is bizarre, which I think is I, I've said this before, but it's why I'm so fascinated by the show in general. I mean, there there will be later episodes where we talk about fan reception of of this show. Um, but yeah, I think there's a lot of people who saw the earlier episodes and were like, yeah, Asuka's just this tropey waif character that I can, that is just like, she's just Sundere. Uh, and then the, the show is like, no, 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 we're, we're, we're deconstructing those takes. We're, we're looking at what causes those takes and how this teenager is traumatized. But, but yeah, it's like, it is, the, it's not black and white. It's not just, they did it and it's done well. It's, they, it, it, it's, can you take the whole show as a text? with the way it evolves over time, also be critical of those depictions in early episodes when that context isn't entirely like it's not in the, it's not in the frame. Like we're getting it now. Yeah. It's interesting. And I I don't you know, I don't want to pretend that there's like any like There's no answer. <laughs> there's no right yeah, or wrong. It's 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 gonna come down to personal opinion and, and feelings and mm-hmm. like yeah. Like there's a you know, there's a lot of people media. who hate this show. Uh and I for the most part I'm just like, yeah. Yeah, you're you're all I valid. You're all valid. <laughs> yeah, I under- yeah, I understand. I don't love everything about it. I like I think it has a ton of strengths. I think it has some shortcomings. Uh and as I think I said last time, I think I'm more critical of stuff after the show has ended, but we'll get into it. I'm I'm yeah. I'm like hesitantly it's, it's it's a contradiction, but like I'm like hesitantly eager. I'm like, yeah, I want to I want to get into these movies, but also like terrified of how i'm gonna be scared, on the other side of scared them. of what you'll find yeah, yeah yeah but i'm like i'm ex- i'm ex- i'm i'm excited to know the outcome i don't know if we'll be watching the movies together just because setting aside it's so much harder to set aside like the three th- hours <laughs> yeah yeah i love the elevator scene let's just get that out of the way it's great they make you sit in that uncomfortable moment for so long i started like Ugh. looking around my room like, I started looking away from the screen because it was, like, so long. And I was like, I feel like I'm trapped in this elevator with these characters. I started like, to check my phone and I was like, no, no, I'm going to, I have to give it my full attention because it's it wants me to feel this. It remind I, I recently watched uh, Force Majeure, which is a Swedish film about uh, gender roles and, and, and trauma. And I, I, that movie has a lot of, like, long, uncomfortable shots and, like, like one take shots i watched it I, the reason i got around to watching it is because they remade it this year as a downhill with will ferrell not nearly as good uh but i do recommend what Majority. the fuck yeah um did you not know that downhill was a remake or did you just not know that movie existed? i haven't even heard of that film but i just love that you're taking you're saying like swedish film about gender trauma and now it's an american film starring will ferrell yeah it's that like, like i what how? I, I I won't dig into to my my review of of the two films. I'll just say that for, I recommend Force Majeure and uh, Downhill is a, a weak comparison. That uh, this just sounds like the most fucked up game of telephone in history. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's interesting how like non-American movies like get like their rights purchased to be remade. I hope it never happens to Parasite or anything. But anyways, Force Majeure is great. Um, but yeah, I I love those long takes that are just like live in this uncomfortable moment live in it yeah it's great yeah and i th- I think people are critical of it with this show because it's just like yeah they're not animating it's just the one frame and i'm like oh fuck shut you. up they're yeah, they're making a, they're making a conscious choice a, a conscious creative choice to tell something stronger with less 
like with less motion like it's it's fine it's good <laughs> what do you hate photographs too because they don't move what do you fucking what do you want about yeah uh, yeah i think the elevator sequence is is great i love how long it goes i love the conversation they have i love how pointed all the dialogue is on this episode i love the the usage of the doll as a motif and how it means different things depending like to asuka and different points on how it's this it's this focal point for all of her issues in this episode. I almost wish it, it came up earlier in the, in the show, but other than that. It even means like different things to us at different points in the episode because the first thing I thought of when they're like, oh, it's a doll and like uh, humans made it in a, their own image and yeah, like talking about God and we're dolls. I'm like, oh, well, this is very clearly like meant to make us think about how the Avas are built in the image of the angels and shit and like, you know, all the religious stuff we've been yeah. Like, seeing in the show to this point like those are very clearly like meant to be like in parallel with each other so like yeah and then and then the episode draws lines with like ah but ray is also a doll and the evas are the are are, are dolls in certain circumstances and just like this big metaphor for like everything's a doll creating things to control them uh and that's that's asuka's biggest fear is like <laughs> being controlled by by someone above her she wants full control and she's a child. She's a teenager with trauma, and it's a bummer. I, I I find it fascinating with like how what I think the angels could represent in various moments, and like how their their attacks, their their aggressions are so unorthodox. Um, where it's like, yeah, big monster from the sky. It's gonna make you think about your childhood, and that's gonna destroy <laughs> you. Like it, like it's so like one oh one to be like, what what do the monsters in movies represent? how like oh it's like it's just like uh the host is like uh i might be confusing it was like i think the host and snowpiercer are both kind of about like the earth being destroyed and like the climate changing um but just like certain like personal things where it's like i I just saw the invisible man and it's so pointedly about um you know abusive toxic relationships and, and and masculinity in that way and it's like i almost feel like the angels in some of these episodes are just like the fear of of opening up of like facing these things and and like therapy like i i don't want to start processing all those things because i don't feel better when i do uh and the fact that so so many angels in in this show are so abstract and just like think about your childhood trauma chinji and then he does and then he <laughs> wins <laughs> and when it's over um or or in this case yeah like Asuka has to process all of this shit and she is saved by someone else and that only makes her feel worse because she is incapable of leaning on someone else. I just think the show's really good sometimes. I agree. I I know that I say that a lot, but sometimes I just don't have any other like conclusive ending sentence to what I'm talking about, so I just say the show is good. So Chris, we'll talk. It happens. Uh, the La- the Lance thing was rad. If we didn't send that home enough, it's it's you know I don't know if I've it's said it before. Cool. The Lance is so good, even though it turns into like a weird mushroom thing as it goes to the AT field. That was still cool. Oh yeah, like perforates and like it's not. It's, it's got like weird ridges and shit. looks sick. Uh, also worth noting for the recap people that didn't watch this when Ray yanks the Lance out of uh, Adam's chest, it like grows legs. Just in case that's relevant, 
Oh, I didn't even catch that, but I completely believe you that, like, the... It's like, just a torso at first, and then she yanks yeah. the, the thing out, and then, like, more of it comes out, basically. It like, drops out, like, legs drop out of the bottom, like, thighs. I, think. I don't think they're, like, full legs, but, like, it's, like, partial. It just, like... Like, more of the body kind of, like, unfurls out of the weird goop. Yeah, because it's, like, yeah, it's, like, a half-formed thing that's, like, kind of body horror-ish growing. But, yeah, I guess it's, like... Yeah. It, it, I, I would probably phrase it as, like continues its development that was probably impeded sure. by the lance like halted by the, yeah sure yeah. and i i also like the thing that you pointed out that like the the kind of i I like that like this time the angel was like using like psychological warfare rather than just like it's blowing up the city again and it's like all right dude like this has been 22 episodes yeah like, mix it up they, like well they, so they usually cool. come hand in hand where it's like the the characters have to process something to work together or to just like focus and fight the thing or you get like the weird shadow one where it sucks shinji into the orb uh but so it's like <laughs> the weird shadow where it sucks yeah well i love that episode. it's not like <laughs> it's not kidding, like doing <laughs> i know it, it's not like doing property damage it's just kind of <laughs> standing there menacingly and they can't beat God it, damn it and they need to yeah, that's the whole thing yeah. is like it's not even just like we need to save people's lives we need to make sure it doesn't get down into nerve or else literally everything's fucked <laughs> Yeah, I have I have an interesting thing for you that I I know the real answer to, but I want to talk about it anyway because right. we can. It's our podcast. When the angel starts like busting into Asuka's mind, is when Hallelujah starts playing. Was that diegetic? Was Asuka <laughs> or someone else in the vicinity hearing Hallelujah? Because that to me is really that. interesting. Because like I kind of like. I, I know I know that it's extremely unlikely that's actually the intent, but part of me is interested in the idea that, like, the angels know just enough about, like, the situation, like, the, the humans and, like, the world and, like, the kind of religious things going on to, like, to find that song in, like, an MP3 format and blast it into the skull of, like, a traumatized <laughs> child to stop it. You know what I mean? Like, it's I just I mean... kind of, like, I don't know. I've never considered that possibility. <laughs> I would be fascinated on, like, what the source of it would be if it was diegetic i'm gonna i'm gonna swing probably unlikely but i would love to of hear course, i would love but... to hear listeners weigh in on is it is it coming from the angel does that if it's coming from the angel does that mean the whole world is hearing it or is it through the beam of light where it's just like projecting it into her head because like yeah we hear it when we look in the nerve and we don't hear it in the in the like psychoanalysis memory stuff uh-huh just, I mean, it's probably unlikely, but that's a very, it's a, it's a very amusing thought. That is the that stuff like that is basically the whole reason you have so uh, a first time watcher on the podcast to mm -hmm. say dumb ass shit like that. But as, I mean, jokes aside, you do often say things that I had never considered. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know. There's just like something about the presentation of it where I was like, what if that was really being heard right now? <laughs> Like, I was wondering what you how how your reaction was gonna be to that because it's like the first time we've heard like not original music and it's Hallelujah yeah. of all fucking things. Um, yeah. well, I remember it being I, very jarring when I first watched the show. It jarred me, and then I started thinking about like the thing I just described. I think because of the fact that it's such a like ripped from the Smithsonian Institute of like protected music for all time uh -huh. kind of a song, you know, like that like. I don't know that like maybe these like hyper intelligent, hyper advanced angels could have like, no, you know, like used it in that way. It's just interesting to think about. 
Yeah, I think this is the most pointedly they've been like, yeah, this is an angel from heaven. Here's a beam of light <laughs> yeah, coming right? down. Yeah. Holla While fucking hallelujah. Face your yeah, childhood exactly. trauma, Asuka. <laughs> yeah. Lean on the people in your peer group. Let them throw spears at angels for you. Yeah, because it's rad. It's but, dope. But, Let them do it. Yeah, but but no, she uh, she she further contracts into herself. I was thinking in this episode, I'm like, okay, we're going to get also spoilers for the for the next episode. It's going to be probably similar to this, but with Ray, which I'm kind of interested in the visual differences of, of that. Cause I super don't remember the next episode. I remember 24, 25, 26 did not. Re- I have no clue what 23 is, uh, but I am curious about like the what Anno is like really digging into by digging into each of these characters. Because I do think there's a part of it that's probably like Shinji is this carp- compartmentalized thing that he has processed, and like Asuka's another part, another thing that he struggled with, or if they're just like different. Because all it like both of these characters have trauma rooted from a loss of a mother, and and how that's like it's, if it's just like two different ways that trauma could develop, or different like I I'm, can't think of the words that I'm trying to. To, to actually say what's on my mind, but um, like like two different ways that like that trauma could develop into teenagers who are struggling to to perform functions they are required to do. Yeah, and I'm willing to bet it's three different ways because there's no fucking way Ray has a good relationship with her parents. Yeah, I yeah, we'll dig into Ray shit, but yeah, I think I think point pointedly these two characters both have the, the I don't know shit about asuka's dad because it wasn't in this episode but like yeah lost her mom has her spiral of psychosexual trauma that we've unpacked and probably will continue to and we've you know been when dealing with shinji stuff pretty pretty hands-on most of the show um but yeah i'm, I'm curious to see how ray's episode kind of compares or contrasts or fits into that so maybe this is just a conversation i'll return to later i'm like are these different parts different things that ano has struggled with or or like just different pathways of one root trauma or or what or just like I don't know. There's a million different ways next, you can interpret this show. Next episode we're gonna see Ray's mom's grave and it's gonna say Van Halen Ayanami. God damn it. <laughs> it's very funny. I I yeah, I think I think any thoughts I have left are are to be saved until we see Ray's episode. I don't know if you have any closing thoughts for this episode. I think I'm I think I'm spent. All spit. All right. Well, uh we'll be back in 2 weeks to to watch uh episode 23. You know, we we did Ray 1, we did Ray 2, we're finally going to be back for Ray 3. Who who knows what's in the store because I super don't. I I I probably know a lot of what's in 23 without knowing it as like a as an episode. Anyways, that's going to be up next. Thanks for listening. Shout out to anyone who's left nice reviews on iTunes. Shout out to anyone who uh, does it after I say this. Please do. I guess I guess I should ask you where you are on the internet. Um. Well, first I'm going to say, Joe, you know how Lance Bass wanted to go to space? God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Fucked up that they picked a different Lance over him. But yeah. anyway. <laughs> um, Good one. Ha ha ha. Yeah. <laughs> I literally had to Google to confirm that I was thinking of the right person. <laughs> well, I'm glad that I stalled long enough for you to for you to <laughs> do your research. It's like 
I was like, Lance, space, humor. Like, there's a joke but, um, in here. There's a, there's a joke in there. Um, I don't know if there's a pirate voice for that. I don't fucking know. <laughs> <laughs> for more inane humor like that, you can follow me at Tover Disgrace, where I'll, I'll be saving up drafts such as Okie Dokie Literature Club after I texted Joe that today. I was like, that's a tweet. I'm saving that. On Movie Club, one of my other podcasts, we recently watched uh, and talked about a slew of Oscar movies. We did um, uh, Jojo Rabbit, Marriage Story, and Parasite, and then uh, this week's is Hot Rod. So, all the a movie that should have should have gotten an Oscar. Yeah, this year too. But yeah. <laughs> yep. So if you're interested in, in any or all of those movies, uh, uh, Orange Grove's person Riley was on the Hot Rod episode. I quite yep, that, it. That's Riley can be reduced to Orange Grove's person. <laughs> uh important question do you prefer hot rod to Popstar? i have not seen okay i have not seen Popstar at all and i have seen like hot rod but not like fully watching it so i need to mm. watch it again all right i like hot rod a lot i think Popstar is just okay uh but the, i would like to watch Popstar. i missed it when it was in theaters yeah i think i think hot rod's way more pointed about its whole thing um this is another podcast episode though i just wish some people are like oh yeah pop star is the best thing andy sandberg's ever made and i'm like i don't know about that but uh anyways continue your hot rod's pretty fun hot rod's pretty fun i like to party babe 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 god he's so good at playing just despicable assholes that's exactly what they said on the on the movie club episode it's true where are you on Will Arnett's internet, Joe? Uh, God, does he have the whole internet now? I don't know. Maybe. It's fucked up. You can find me on social media, Ghost of Joe, Ghost of J-O. And I make some other podcasts. I don't know what to, to, to plug. Actually, I do know what to plug. I won't plug any podcasts. I tricked you. Uh, the week that this comes out, this weekend, I will be streaming on Twitch with Andrew of The Argonauts Podcast to raise money for charity. We will be playing Undertale. It's Andrew's first time blind playthrough. Uh, 50% rewatch uh, Twitch stream of Undertale uh, to raise money for Trans Lifeline. Um, that'll be Saturday, March 7th. Uh, we're going to start around 10 a.m. Eastern and just play through the whole fucking game. Uh, it's going to be great. We're going to have a rep from Trans Lifeline on sometime in the afternoon um, to talk about what they do. Also, maybe some other Orange Guffs hosts might be in and out on Discord calls. Uh, it's gonna be nice. It's gonna be a fun time. I'm excited to share Undertale with Andrew and anyone who shows up to watch. Um, and it's for a great cause. So again, um, oh, I didn't say the Twitch. Twitch.tv slash The Orange Groves. So go there. Uh, again, Saturday, March 7th, 10 a.m. Eastern. You can also follow Orange Groves Net on Twitter for uh, other updates and to look at the cute art that was made for it. Um, so that's my plug. You can also listen to other shows on the network at theorangegroves.com. Uh, at the bottom of the page is also a link to the Discord server uh, to come chat about this show and uh, these episodes and other podcasts on the network. Uh, you can also support The Orange Groves on Patreon. There's a link on the website. You can also go to patreon.com slash theorangegroves to get audio cut from episodes across the whole network and uh, bonus episodes and pilots at the higher tier. I think that's everything there is to plug you can you can use hashtag nervous rex pod on twitter if you want oh uh, some people do some people don't it's all right the people that do are uh measurably cooler than the ones that don't that's true because um it allows us to to, to, to track it easily find them yeah, yeah. I, I look at because it every now and then cool 
if there's anything cool on the internet, it's being tracked. I mean, when you say it like that, I just, you know, <laughs> I want to be able, like, I don't follow that many people on Twitter because it's an awful platform 90% of the time. But I do like to be like, ah, what are people saying about the show? And I sometimes see tweets that aren't tagged and I'm like, I could have missed this. I could have missed this. I don't want to miss it. I probably it. missed all I of them. I don't want to miss a thing. I think I missed every single one. Uh, I mean, yeah. oh, except for all the ones that were directly added at you about the yeah, things that, that they great. didn't know. I felt so smart. I was like, damn. I was like, damn, nobody knew this shit. Nobody knew that shit. Anyways, hashtag NervousRexPod on Twitter if you want to be cool. Uh, and you can also review us on iTunes five stars if you want to be the absolute coolest. And you can weigh in on how many men exactly you think there are left in America today. Less and less every day. It's a real, it's a real movement. I'm really proud. I think that's it. Vote, please. Yeah. Please, please vote. Whenever, whenever your month comes around and then uh, later on in the year, as it will matter then too. And I don't remember how to end this podcast. What do we normally say? Goodbye, men. <laughs> Welcome to They, Them, There's a monthly non-binary discussion podcast. We're here. We're queer. Let's talk about it. My name is Joe. And my name is Rain. We're non-binary, and once a month we sit down and we talk about gender. 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 <laughs> we talk about our experiences with gender expression, pronouns, and other parts of the trans and non-binary experience. We also talk about a lot of anime and music that we like and relate to. And our cats. Yeah. <laughs> You can listen at theorangegroves.com or search They Them Theirs on your podcast app of choice. Until next time, take care, and remember, nice gender. <laughs>